Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Hot out there again. Be careful. Stay cool. We got football on the way. 65 days till that first game, Texas fans. Don't worry. We're definitely talking football. Trying to get everything straight in the NCAA and the NFL when it comes to gambling. We started with a couple of baseball stories. A perfect game last night for the uh, Yankees. 24 times it's happened. That's it in the history of baseball. It had not happened since 2012. So even with all this incredible pitching we're seeing right now, a full 11 years had gone by before somebody was able to pull off 27 up and 27 down. It is a tough thing to pull off. Heck, you can even do the 27 up, 27 down and have somebody hit the base. Because you could end up with a double play, right? You could do that, but you have to have no one reach base for the perfect game. And Domingo Herman was able to pull it off. 99 pitches last night. Plus, speaking of pitches, the Longhorns apparently did not have the right pitches at the right time. At least enough of them. For David Pierce's liking, he's going to change pitching coaches again. Woody Williams is out after one year with Texas baseball. We've had some fans texting in on all angles of that story. Some think Woody Williams was doing a fine job and didn't need to be fired. Some are wondering what this means about, you know, the program as a whole here. And should there be any focus specifically on David Pierce and and criticism on David Pierce for what's going on? Um, And obviously that's something that David Pierce will be dealing with over the next year or so. He knows he's not dumb. He's changing his pitching coach two straight years that, that can't feel – he has to feel what that is. He knows. You're the coach at Texas of the Texas baseball team, Cameron, and you, that pressure comes with it. It's just natural. Yeah, I'm waiting for this story to kind of develop a little bit more. Is Williams going someplace else? Did he get a better job? Is there a guy that Pierce is after that he's going to hire? It's going to be a big-time hire that met – Williams had to go. I'm curious to see what happens because, you know, as we talked about earlier in hour one of the show, Chad, it feels like Pierce is filling the heat now possibly from CDC. We talked about, like, the, the similar coaches that will fire an OC or a DC. I think about Mike McCarthy, right? Fired Kellen Moore this past season or Kellen Moore didn't return, whatever you want to say it is. And McCarthy now is taking over the play calling duties. You know what that tells me, Chad, is that if Cowboys don't have a good year offensively, Mike McCarthy's done. If they don't advance to the NFC Conference Championship, McCarthy's done. I feel the same way. I wonder if I'm starting to feel the same way about Texas baseball. Hmm. Does this mean that David Pierce has one year to figure it out if it's pitching or not? Yeah, right. Is there a uh, right? How, how much added pressure goes on to David Pierce? That job 
you ask for the pressure day yeah. one, but how much added pressure will be on him now? So we'll get into that story. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to Jeff Howe here in this segment. He's been running around since the end of uh, Light the Tower, getting a couple things done. Of course, you check out Jeff's great work at horns247.com. If you have not heard the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, check it out wherever you get your podcast. We'll get you the replay tonight at 7 o'clock. And also remember, uh, since this week, was the last week of the Wednesday Night Flex show. We will, starting next week, go into kind of the football season schedule in terms of Wednesday nights. So for you Longhorn Blitz podcast fans, that will slot up to 7 o'clock on Wednesdays starting next week, and we'll get you that replay at 7 o'clock on Thursdays for a while until Longhorn Weekly comes back. So if you love your Longhorn football and you love the the down-in-the-dirt X's and O's talk, Jeff and Matt and Rod do an incredible job. They will get you that Longhorn Blitz podcast each and every week. And again, we'll hit you with that tonight at 7. And tonight at 8, we'll get you in some serious Patrick Davis back off of vacation, and we will talk to Patrick coming up at 2.05. I want to get his thoughts on where he is right now as a Spurs fan, knowing he's getting Victor Wimbenyama. What could that mean ultimately for the team? We'll get into all of that coming up. Also, a reminder, of course, with um, mentioning uh, everything Jeff's got going on. If you're on Twitter and you're looking for to get your follows together for football season, Big 12 Media Day is coming up at Jeff Howe 247 to check out all the things uh, that he's got going on there. Of course, Horns247.com and uh, Light the Tower every day, 10 to noon as well so lots of stuff going on today uh, a little bit of baseball we'll mix in some football of course as uh, as well uh, coming up at 1 our flex segment uh, including an update on adrian wilson out of weiss just keeps rising up some rankings uh, and some camp imp- info for you if you've got somebody that wants to uh, make a name for themselves in the football world in july we will get you information on that uh, by the way i'm chad hastings cameron parker alongside once again and Isaiah Collier still on his vacation, on his honeymoon this week. Let's hit the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Even though he's sitting right in here with us, we do love to give Vaqueros their love. It is awesome Tex-Mex over here in the Westlake area, if you have not checked it out. He is Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. What's going on, man? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hold on, hold on. There it is. There it is. There you are. We got it? We good? Aaron's toying with mics over there. Well, it's like all it was all jacked up and like hanging down, so I got to fix things over here. So could, we're, could are we are we good now though? There could, we go. Could be a rod. I can hear myself. Maybe a rod Babers. Well, Aaron Hogan was sitting here last, Chad. So that's true. The most recent would be an Aaron Hogan. Well, so I'm not going to blame my co-host on a Longhorn Blitz podcast. Ah, that's fair. To. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's uh, and I just laid out the Longhorn Blitz podcast for everybody, so I should have realized. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to dime him out. Um, all right. So in terms, let's just start with this baseball story because it's the most recent thing. You announced it on Light the Tower right as you guys were, were getting done. So uh, how surprised were you to hear Woody Williams after one year being replaced as pitching coach? Pretty surprised. Uh, you know, kind of When they hit that rough patch kind of late in March, early April, whatever it was, right around the time they got swept by Oklahoma, you kind of started hearing some rumblings. that you know, they, And not just rumblings. David Pierce made no bones about it. He wasn't happy with the way the pitching staff was, was de- progressing at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting to me is you look at, kind of how a few guys now they had some guys that you know they, they were counting on that didn't end up producing for this team uh you know, chris stewart was going to be the answer in the bullpen and it became pretty clear pretty early that, that wasn't going to happen 
Uh, and, and they just, you know, the bullpen, new pitching coach, but a lot of the issues, Chad, that we saw this year were the same as they were last year. Guys just inability to throw strikes. And I think, well, Cam, we, we talked about this on like the tower. I've said the main goal for David Pierce this offseason has to be whatever this disconnect is with his pitching staff, he's got to fix it, whether that's changing his approach in recruiting, changing something they're doing with guys on in their terms of their development plan, looking for a different kind of mindset, even if it was changing pitching coaches. They've they've got to change something. And I think when you look at the kind of guys they've recruited, this is David Pierce's philosophy. Has been since day one. The first meeting I had with him, he made this very clear that this was his philosophy. He was really interested in recruiting guys that had big-time arms because he wants power arms that they could develop. And that sounds great. And when you get a guy like LeBaron Johnson who can throw 95, 96, and then you can kind of work, work with them on some mechanic stuff, you get, you see what the finished product can look like. Unfortunately, when you don't do that, with when that guy is kind of the, the exception of the rule, um, you just get a lot of guys that throw hard that don't have really good or consistent location. And that's how you end up with a bunch of walks and, you know, the inability to put guys away when you're in two strike counts. And the, the stuff that the staff has struggled with outside of a few guys for the last two seasons. So all of that said, I, I am surprised by it. I don't know what David Pierce is looking for in a pitching coach, I, I think this might be more of a demeanor thing than an actual teaching pitching thing. Just based on some of the stuff picking up, picking up here bits here and there through the season, I think it might be more of a mindset type thing and developing a mind, the kind of mindset he wants in his pitchers, as opposed to anything you know, mechanically or the way the way Woody Williams was teaching. So I'm assuming in like. In the football realm, does that make any sense? I just no, no, it did. No, in the football realm, if Texas needed an offensive coordinator, you put together a list of the badass offensive coordinators in the country. So, pardon this answer if I don't know it. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody here. What was it about Woody Williams that gave him the right to get the job? Like, was he an elite pitching coach somewhere when no, he got it, that it job? Was not a slam dunk hire. So it's Texas baseball. So at this point. Is the next step go find that list of the best pitching coaches in America? Who cares where they're working, and make them say no to you? Well, in theory, but then it's, you've got to determine. Okay, what if you budgeted for? What is the athletic department budgeted for? Right. We know, you know, and this is the NIL problem is not an athletic department issue as as often as people say. Well, I mean, this Texas earns more than any athletic department in the country. Why are we suffering at NIL? Well, because CDC is not asking David Pierce hey, how much you need for a starting pitcher. Two hundred fifty grand. All right, let me scratch you a check right now. It's it's not how it works, <laughs> right? Um, yes, Chad, but I think you know there's a reason why. And I, Craig has talked about this on our show too, because Craig, I don't I don't know Frank Anderson. He was here before I covered the team, uh, but obviously both of us know David Pierce. Uh, and Craig has talked about it on the air, like the fact that everybody last year was, oh man, go go get Frank Anderson, go get Frank Anderson, bring him back. I think from a personality standpoint, it's hard for me to see those two guys working out. So I think. Hmm. I think it's got to be less of, you know, who's got the best ERA over the last few years, whereas I think David Pierce needs to find somebody that he can trust to be where he, you know, he's still going to be involved in in working with the pitchers. That's not going to change. But I think he needs to find somebody that can operate throughout a game 
more along the lines of how he would operate it if he were the pitching coach of this team, if that makes any sense. That's the vibe I get. Gotcha. Uh, Jeff Howe hanging out with us in studio a little bit here, as he does on Thursdays from time to time. Uh, we appreciate his time. And, again, Woody Williams done as the Texas pitching coach. They are going to need uh, a new guy at that position. I also wanted to ask you about um, – I heard you guys talking Big 12 media days today and getting set up for that. Uh, I was excited about uh, the three offensive guys Texas is going to be bringing. I'm one of those fans that I want my I'd want my team to bring a quarterback every single year to Big Twelve Media Day or Media Days if if I can. If you don't, it usually means you don't have one. So I want you to give me your thoughts on these five teams that are not bringing a quarterback to Big Twelve Media Days. Defending, well, they made the national title game. Defending Big Twelve Championship game participant TCU. Well, you lost your starting quarterback. Not bringing a quarterback. That tells you that Morris is not far enough along to be considered that guy yet. Probably not. No. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma or, State. Or if you're Sonny Dykes, you just don't want to put your guy in that position, right? To, but, have, to, to have to answer because you got to remember, there's a bunch of national media there too. It's not yeah. just local guys. Do you want to have Chandler Morris sitting up there answering a bunch of Max Duggan questions? Right. Do you want to have the, the yeah. spotlight on? That's a good point. Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, known for quarterbacks in every way possible he's not bringing a quarterback alan bowman might get injured on the way to big 12 media so, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another coach kind of known for that offense houston holgerson's not bringing a quarterback found that one interesting uh no clayton tune coming back so yeah. donovan smith the tech transfer mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a program that uh, I don't. I don't know if David. If, if i'm reading text and thinking about david pierce i don't yeah. know if dana holgerson's going to be around to see 2024 Mm, yeah, you already you already heard talk about him being on the hot seat, and that that just seems like a like a hot mess down there right now. The other two teams not bringing quarterbacks are West Virginia and Iowa State. Not exactly shockers in that regard. Ever, uh, no, ever, Iowa State is because Hunter Deckers. You've actually got maybe the most experienced yeah, quarterback in true. the league. Yeah, that's a good point. So that, I'm trying to think. You know, surely Matt Campbell brought Brock Purdy to one of these deals. Uh, but yeah, I don't. That's the Iowa State one's kind of weird. Yeah. In West Virginia, I think they're battling it out with Houston for the for the basement in the league this year. West Virginia has had obviously some quarterbacks these last few years. They just don't have a clear cut one right now that they want to bring. And Iowa State, yeah, I'm with you. The, when I saw that, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Campbell doesn't want to bring Deckers. Cam, Cam, ha- Cam had to remind me that uh, Keaton Slovis. You know, Keaton Slovis was a guy that you know, Graham Harrell went to West Virginia. He, he coached Keaton Slovis at USC. Then Slovis went to Pitt. Cam had to remind me, I have totally forgot that Keaton Slovis is a BYU now. Me too. Me too. I, it's, in, I, I, it, was, it was out of sight, out of mind for me. In fact, I read it this morning, put it in my brain, was driving here, heard you ask where he was, <laughs> and I couldn't even come up with it then. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a weird year at quarterback in the Big 12. Uh, you know, the, the, the race for the top dog is, is open. I mean, you know, Will Howard played really well for K-State last year. We saw kind of the best and worst of Quinn Ewers last year, so I, I don't know that they're – and Tyler Shuck, Tyler Shuck's been productive. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, and he'll be there. Yeah, He is one of those that will be there. Uh, Shuck and Gabriel and obviously Quinn Ewers. That's another one. If Dylan Gabriel was healthy last year, does Oklahoma season look different mm-hmm. than it did? Yeah, right. And uh, he'll be one of those guys that will be there at Big 12 Media Days. Cameron, do you have anything for Jeff, or are you tired of talking to him today? Uh, I mean, <laughs> never tired of talking to Jeff, right? <laughs> 
Good to see you, Jeffrey. You can admit it, Cam. Chad, I want to ask you now. I know both of you guys are A and M graduates now. Um, congrats to you, Jeff. On see, that that's recent. that's just rude. That's just wrong. That's, you don't need to. Wrong. You don't need to do. I always say, no one should accidentally go to A and M, or in this case, no one should be forced to say they went to an A and M related place if they didn't. It's just what the specs text line says, Jeff. I um, think they're. I, mean, I, I think they're, I went to a community college that just so happens to be adjacent from where the Central Texas Texas A and M Central Texas branch is located. The name change happened, and the A and M acquisition happened long after I was gone. There you go. Therefore, I am not in any way, shape, or form involved in any Aggiedom. Jeff does not want to claim Agginess. In case so, you all don't know. So, Chad, on this discussion about the Big Twelve next I might, year, I might rather I, I might rather openly admit that I'm from Gerald than admit that I went to an A and M branch. Which it tells you Man, yeah, it tells that, you where that one. That's ranks. a level of insult that I wasn't prepared for when you said it the first time. But that's that's bad. Yeah, I, I get it now. Chad as level-headed Aggie and Jeff as a closeted Aggie. <laughs> going into next season, looking at the Big 12 race, Texas has to have the argument for the team at the top, right? But from what you've seen on the outside, is there any other team that you look at roster-wise and go, yeah, they have an argument that's better than Texas's? It feels like right now the number one roster in the Big 12 is, is probably Texas. But yet, how can you argue like, oh yeah, they're for sure the best team when they haven't been to the conference championship since 2018? Yeah, for the same reason, I'd give Oklahoma the benefit of the doubt until I have a real, a real valid reason not to. I feel the same way about Texas. The difference is, I don't feel like I'm talking myself into. It. We talked about this on the show today, Cam. I don't. You know, you could say, Chad, and we've heard people say it, oh, man, Texas every year, they get the best recruits, they got the most talented roster in the Big 12. Well, a lot of years they don't. A lot of years they haven't had the best roster in the Big 12 because mm-hmm. a lot of those recruiting classes don't pan out because you made bad evaluations, coaching turnover leads to attrition, whatever, and the NFL draft the last decade plus will tell you that Texas hasn't had the most talent in the Big 12 because their talent's not getting developed. A lot of their guys are getting to the NFL and sticking around as late-round draft picks or undrafted free agents. So that kind of tells you where Texas has been. This is one of those years where you just look up and down the roster and you're like, you know, I, I don't know that I would trade rosters with anybody else in the conference yeah. this year if I, you're looking at that Texas roster. Roster-wise, I feel like it is absolutely Texas, but you just brought up kind of the other ingredient you just have to factor in. If you've watched it long enough, you've got to start factoring in the programs, the coaches, the scheming, and all of that. And that's mm-hmm. where I would throw not only Oklahoma into the discussion, I'd give both purple teams their respect. I'd give both purple teams the respect yeah. that you played for the damn thing last year. You mentioned one of them brings a quarterback back. We know one of them doesn't. But I'm going to trust Dykes and that crew enough to think that they're not going to put an embarrassing product on the field and they get to host Texas later mm-hmm. on in the year once things have developed a little bit. I mean, Colorado might go to Fort Worth and beat them and then everybody thinks they want to throw the frogs away. But by the time they play Texas, I'm going to say they're a pretty substantive football team. So I think you got to worry, you know, you got to at least consider those yeah. purple teams. The, but roster-wise, I wouldn't put any of them above Texas. No, the K-State game at home for Texas is interesting, too, because you realize Chris Kleiman's never beaten Texas. Is that right? He's done a lot of things at K-State. Wow. Won a conference championship, won a lot of big games. Chris Clemens never beaten Texas. 
God, Longhorn fans have a lot of that, you know, PTSD in a way from K-State, but none of it comes from him, huh? Mm-mm. I would not have guessed that one. I would have assumed he has I mean, Ron point. Prince has two wins over Texas. Chris Kleiman has none. Ooh, Think wow. about that. Think about that, K-State fans, all yeah. two of you that might be listening right now. The end, the end of the schedule is a little bit scary for Texas because I think you have Joy McGuire and Texas Tech as the last game of the season. Now, you get that at home, but, I mean, we saw how well Tech ended the year this past year. They won four straight, Chad. And you just mentioned a good point about TCU – on the road, I mean, I know you know they lost. There's a lot of roster turnover. I thought that Dykes has done some a good job in the portal. You know, we'll see how many of those guys actually pan out. But it's a tougher end to the season, I think, for Texas. And I think Texas fans realize, or maybe I just have PTSD from the last few years. Uh, yeah. I think this too. Both. Yeah. When you look at the Texas schedule, we talked about this on the Blitz this week. I looked at it and I said, "Is it is it strange that the game I'm most worried about is the Kansas game at home?" Hmm. Because Cam, you got the schedule in front of you, right? Doesn't don't they play Kansas the week before OU? That's correct. They host Kansas, yeah. And you talk about playmakers in this conference. Jalen Daniels is the kind of guy that say what you want about Kansas' defense and whatever's around him. He's the kind of guy that can go win you a football game by himself. Mm-hmm. And he's got the ability to make things happen after the play that you can't account for defensively. So that one's worrisome. And then Rod pointed out another one uh, on the schedule. The game against Iowa State in Ames is on November 18th. It's the week before you come back to play Texas Tech at home to, to close out the regular season. On a short week, on right? On a short week. The Friday. And you think about Texas hasn't played well in Ames in a decade. I don't say that like tongue-in-cheek, like really. Like 2011 was the last time Texas played what I would consider a good, clean football game in Ames, Iowa. And so you come back for the, you you go up there for that game. It's mid to late November. It's probably going to be snowing. It's probably going to be miserable weather conditions. Yeah. And you know, Matt Campbell, Iowa State's the kind of place where if you're Matt Campbell, you can you can play a lot of close games and you can win about half of them and, and be good with your fan base. You know, as long as you're competing with Texas and Oklahoma, they're they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. So. Honestly, Kansas and Iowa State and and K, the K State game at home because of the Chris Kleiman factor are the really kind of the three that I'm I, I just I worry about a little bit. Horns end the season with six straight games. After the Oklahoma game, they get a bye week, and then Houston at Houston, which is basically going to be I think a Texas home game, right? You have BYU at home, you have Kansas State at home, and then the last three games at TCU at Iowa State, and then Tech on that Friday. So. I think we're going to see, learn a lot about this team because remember last year, the schedule, right? We, see, we saw a lot of injuries, right, and really hurt the Texas team. This year it feels like Sark has the depth to hold up if you have a lot of those injuries in the back half of the year. But it's definitely, a, I think, a tougher tougher schedule than I originally thought when it came out. Jeff Howe, nice enough to uh, drop by, join us in studio for a little bit. One other quick one from me, this transfer portal discussion. I know you follow recruiting pretty closely, obviously. So for you, taking the recruiting portal, that transfer portal schedule down to like 30 total days, you like that idea? Would you still keep it as two separate windows for football? Yeah, I think you have to. Okay. You have to keep it as two separate windows. So 15 days and 15 days, would that be all right with you? Yeah, yeah. Now, that basketball is the one that's got to get fixed because I just think you just get one big, huge window, and I think that's got to be condensed a little bit. Yeah, because they're in a situation, what is it, a 45 or a 60-day yeah. period that happens at one spot? Yeah, basketball is the one that's got to get fixed. Football, football's fine. I mean, because you got to give guys the opportunity at the end of a regular season, at the end of a semester, to hit the portal if they want, and then at the end of spring practice yeah. between the end of spring ball and a summer semester. So 
That's yeah. That's what I do. Can I mention something real quick though? Oh. That we that we didn't we didn't get to talk about this on Light the Tower this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Texas got another verbal commitment in the class of twenty twenty four with Daniel Cruz, offensive lineman out of Richland. Oh, that's right. That was yesterday evening. We hadn't mentioned that yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, f- fitting into that big human philosophy. You know, three hundred and two pounds, six two three zero two interior lineman. So with Nate Kibble and Daniel Cruz, six three and a half. I'm sorry, two ninety five. Um, with he and Nate Kibble, Nate Kibble goes about six two and a half, three twenty four is what I think we've got him at right now for the updated weight. Uh, you know, just keep just keep plugging away. Though that's that's a position group. You know, there's to me there's three position groups. Well, really four. Quarterback speaks for itself though. Uh, secondary, offensive line, and defensive line. I think you just have to keep constantly replenishing bodies there because right around the time you think you have enough is when something happens and suddenly you don't have enough. So you get Daniel Cruz, you know, in the twenty four seven sports composite, he's a top, uh, top two two fifty ish guy in the country. I think he's a two twenty six overall right now. And that was before we had our rankings update today, by the way. So I need to you know get over to Horns twenty four seven and check out the updated recruiting rankings. But mm-hmm. yeah, adding a, adding another lineman, big humans, and Sark uh, Sark f- continuing to fulfill that that prophecy that Kyle Flood has of wanting big bodies. And actually, I don't I don't know if we talked about this on the show, Chad. Did I, uh, did you hear last summer where Craig and I had the one-on-one with Sark where I, I finally asked him, like, well, okay, what's with the big humans philosophy? Because we all know, like, it makes for good sound bites and mm-hmm. good things on Twitter. Oh, big humans, big humans. It was actually, it wasn't the Nick Saban influence as big as, even as big as Alabama's offensive linemen are. It came from his time in the NFL with the Falcons, where the Falcons, and I think they still do, had one of the lightest offensive lines yeah, in I football. Remember, I remember you asking Yeah, that. and yeah. he said, I just... He said, anytime we go up against the Patriots or the Eagles or, or the Ravens or these teams that just had big, massive defensive fronts, he said, I told myself, if I ever got a chance to do this again as a head coach, I'm not going to go into a stadium and get bullied. So I'm going to make sure I recruit mm-hmm. big, massive, strong, physical guys up front. He didn't get enough of that Justin Blaylock in black and red? No, no. That prime Justin Blaylock? No. He didn't, get, he didn't get, get to see enough of that. No, Alex Mack is, is great as a you know 290-pound center or whatever he is, but right. trying to... Trying to tangle with that 330-pound zero tech is a little, little bit of a challenge. Yeah, good stuff there for Texas in the 24 class. Always talk about the running DNA. Two running backs and two offensive linemen, the last four uh, verbal commits in the class. That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com. Again, Longhorn Blitz podcast. If you missed it yesterday, it is uh, coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Get you the replay before Instant Serious at 8. And also check out Light the Tower every day at 10 a.m. at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. Always good to see you. Be careful in that crazy traffic. Yep, it's uh, it's my anniversary, so I got to get home and figure out what we're what exactly we're Is doing. Is that now, so. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, F- fifteen years, Chad. Ooh, fifteen today. On the Alsups, Jeff. All Alsups. Uh, Alsups. If there was one near, I, w- I would have gone there for lunch. If there was one close by and got me a burrito, dude. Let me tell you what. If there is a marriage out there built on Alsups burritos and slush puppies, it is going to last. <laughs> Did you oh, hear the, the story the how they soup. met, Chad? Uh, did you meet it in all subs? Because that'd be great. No, no, oh. man, that that would be better. Dude. No, um, <laughs> epic. Long story short, because I know you guys are up against it. Uh, it was in college, and it was a night where you know adult beverages were enjoyed, a, a little bit lubricated, uh-huh. if you will. Yeah. And I had misunderstood. So it was me and my buddy and and two roommates. We lived in a, a four bedroom apartment. And my buddy's sister and her roommate lived, like, across the complex. Mm-hmm. And I think they had – I'm trying to remember the exact details, Cam. I was kind of fuzzy on them this morning. I think they had gone out, and it was, hey, can you go check – can you check on them? Well, that meant call, you know, phone call. Yeah. I thought it meant go over there. So it was my failure to follow directions that had me walking across this parking lot 
And I'm on my way back to my apartment, and I'm calling him, and I'm leaving a voicemail saying, hey, everybody's wondering where, where y'all are. Call me back when you get a chance. Bye. And I heard bye, like somebody mo- like mimicking me, everything I'm saying on the phone. I look up, and it's now my wife who was standing on the third floor of her apartment, and we're just start talking, and it's about five to ten minutes into this conversation. I was like, uh, you know what? I, I'd like to continue this conversation, but I don't want to shout across the parking lot, so I'm going to walk up to the third floor. And walked up to the third floor, and little did I know, about 15 years later, we'd be married and have a kid. And How about that? Isn't that incredible? Yeah. That is. That is awesome. I got tears in my eyes right now. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Love isn't dead. Who said it was dead, Chad? D- love is not dead, and sometimes mimicry it can get you somewhere. It does. It does come when you least expect it. Sometimes the it could lead to something really cool. I was looking forward to getting back to Miller High Life on a Domino's delivery, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I met my wife. Instead, that's maybe what you served at the, you know, at the reception, right? Uh, Miller High Life and a Domino's delivery? I told Cam this. We didn't, you know, we only got a little bit of food. As anybody that's gotten married know, everybody else gets to enjoy the food and the booze, and you really don't. Uh, We were hungry after the wedding because, like I said, we didn't hardly eat anything. We ended up stopping at McDonald's on the way home. As a matter of fact, it was the McDonald's in Elgin that we stopped at. There you go. I'm sorry, the McDonald's in Maynard. It was the McDonald's Mm, in Maynard. The Maynard McDonald's. So we stopped there. There it is. So next time I'm at Buford, I'm just going to mimic girls and just see how that works. (laughs) Yeah, just give it a shot. Give that a shot. Like a cranberry? Like a cranberry. (laughs) I'm going to think of, and I'm going to think of Jeff and his wife every time I. It can't hurt, can it, Cam? Every time I hit that Maynard McDonald's now, I'm going to think of Jeff and his wife. Always good to see you, sir. Happy anniversary. Thank you, Chad. See you, Jeff. And to anybody else who has a June 29 wedding anniversary, today uh all the best to you as well Cam, Com- i'll see you next wednesday man that's right oh that's right cameron's gonna be uh off tomorrow yeah jack farrell jumping jack farrell coming in to produce jack the tower gonna be hanging out yeah uh coming up next we'll hit you with a flex segment adrian wilson's rise plus the camp information for july and we'll remind you about that all flex team part two is coming up this is the horn when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like I'm about to hear that voice. Am I? There he is. What up, Gallagher's? There's only one Gallagher family that's even crazier than the one they put on Showtime. It's this Gallagher family. Oasis, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This would be Wonderwall, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. It is music. That Cameron believes that the white folks dig. Have I missed yet? Am I wrong in any of the I don't think selections? you've missed. Okay. I don't think you've missed. Oasis, The Killers, Leonard Skinner, and Neil Diamond have all been on the list. And there is nothing wrong with music that a bunch of Caucasians get into. No. Yeah. You should never, to me, you should never focus on only music that only one particular demographic is into. That's why I try to stay varied. I try to stay in all different areas. 
I don't want all my music to be that, but a lot of it's going to be. Statistically speaking, it's really difficult to like music, to call yourself a music fan and like something that no white person likes. I mean, think about it. Mathematically, that's difficult to pull off. My mom, I grew up with my mom. She did not like me listening to rap music. Understandably so. And so middle school, probably like sixth grade, uh-huh. you know, we had iPods and stuff. It was mostly just classic rock. I remember playing the Beatles. And I had someone someone next to me who wasn't white say, turn that white <laughs> music off. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And I think I went home and Googled Kanye West and <laughs> have not been the same since. Oh, I see. So someone bullied you into hip-hop appreciation? Pretty much, yeah. Weird. From the Beatles to hip, but it now it's got you as a more well-rounded music fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many sixth graders are listening to the Beatles and and going, yeah, is Paul dead? No, no one, no one was doing that. That's what I was doing in sixth grade. Okay, well, see, then we would have been good, good friends in oh, sixth grade, dude. When I was in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, that's when we were. That's what what it was. In addition to getting into you know Guns and Roses and other metal and hard rock and stuff. Yeah. I was also listening to my dad's Beatle albums. There you go. See, that's why you have a good music taste, and I, you know, I'm glad. The way I was raised by my parents musically, because I listen to rap, and my dad's like, turn that trash off. But I also like to listen to the Beatles in Led Zeppelin because right. for my dad. Yeah, exactly. Right. My dad's not a big fan of rap either, but uh, yeah, so yeah, he and I do not discuss rap much. Yeah. But we'll discuss the Beatles. So, so you don't go back and be like, hey, that UGK album? From- yeah, I've not discussed UGK with my dad. Okay. That is not uh, that has not happened. Uh, not quite. All right. So uh, we will continue to roll with the, the music today. Uh, coming up at 2.05, Patrick Davis of Ball Don't Lie and Insincerious. Remember, Insincerious back tonight at 8. It's Thursday nights at 8 for you. Patrick is back off of his vacation, so we'll figure out, uh, find out from him what he'll be talking about. Plus, I want to talk some basketball with him, as he is a Spurs fan who now has Victor Wimbenyama officially. We'll get to that. Right now, though, let's go where we at in society, see what Cameron wants to get to today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Cameron Parker, what do you have for me today? Last night was the NHL draft, and I'm curious, Chad, did you watch any of it? Did you follow any of it at all, or just, eh? I, I did not watch it when it happened. I did see the highlights of uh, Connor Bedard mm-hmm. getting drafted. I wrote his name down. It's not like I remembered that. <laughs> uh, I know that he's 17. I, I saw that he was uh, got a special pass into the WHL yeah. at 15 years old. Yeah. So, um I don't know if you'd compare him to Wimbenyama in terms of what they think he could be, but this is the biggest guy they've had since the other Connor, right? Since yeah. Mc, McDavid, McDavid yeah. came in. But I, I usually never watch – I don't usually ever watch the NHL or MLB drafts. For some reason, those never end up on my radar. Watch yeah. the NFL. I'll watch some – I watch a little NFL, then wait till it's all online. I'll watch a little NBA, then wait till it's all online. Those two, I usually never watch. Yeah, I'm curious if Tom McKay, does he watch? Because I know he's probably the biggest hockey fan that oh, listens. Oh, I bet he watches. So so last night, now I didn't bring up NHL draft to talk about Connor Bedard, but last night the Montreal Canadiens, they picked fifth, Chad. Okay. And they had longtime goalkeeper Carey Price announce the pick. Now, Price is probably one of the most beloved Canadians of all time. All right. NHL All-Star. I think he, he's won the Hart Trophy. Uh, went through a lot of lot of injuries, uh, some health struggles. Um, he's been hinted at retiring. You know, still not sure. But anyway, last night he announced the fifth pick for the Canadians, or kind of. Bonsoir. 
Le Canadien de Montréal are proud to select David <laughs> we planned it that way. David Reinbacker. Reinbacher. <laughs> so David Reinbacher. Yikes. So how much time is between picks, maybe, for in the NHL? Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably about 10 minutes, I'm we guessing. Don't, we don't have enough time to get him to learn Reinbacker? He completely, he froze, Chad, and it's like. So he just got scared? Uh, maybe like it. And, like, I, w- I was waiting for like a deeply European name there. I was waiting for the most complex European name with about nineteen letters. Reinbacker's not that tough. It wasn't like he was like looking at the card and like, okay, is it is it Reinbacher? It was. He said David, and then he just froze. Wow, his face froze, and he had the look like he just saw a ghost. So I don't know. I mentioned the health issues for a reason because you know, maybe he was just on a lot of painkillers okay, last maybe. night. All right, I don't want to make um, fun of the guy. I mean, yeah, I, I mean he's thirty-five years old. He, he's a very handsome individual, but this man completely froze up. He had a good reaction. At least he kind of you know made right. fun of himself and we planned it that way. But uh, um, not a great look when you can't remember your own draft pick, Chad. If you're that guy, if you're Ryan Baker or whatever his name Bacher, is, yeah. Ryan Bacher, I wonder if it's that of David, and then you start to get excited. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. A lot of Davids. Wait a second. <laughs> well, yeah, which which David? Hold on. Is there any other Davids around? Were there any other Davids in the draft at, the, at that point? But that's that's great of, you know, building suspense. Because imagine if, you know, the Rockets had oh. Elijah one go on stage and Houston Rockets select Thompson. And that was it. He didn't say yeah. a man. He didn't say right. a sir. He didn't know. It's like, wait a second, which one did we get? So here's the other question I would have. That was the fifth pick of the draft. Yes. Why is the NHL letting specific people Players, yeah. start? I saw that the very first pick was announced by their general manager. Yeah. What are we doing? I'm guessing maybe Gary Bettman just is just can't handle the booze from on stage because he was booed pretty heavily okay. when he got out there. Send the VP. Send yeah. somebody from your office. We, it needs to be standardized at the beginning. Otherwise, you run into this. That's the fifth pick in the draft. That doesn't need to sound like, we pick uh, David. Uh, yeah, it's not really my thing to do that. Yeah. I mean, I got upset at the NFL for the Bijan pick. I still don't make. I still don't understand that one. I get that it was a kid and it was like a make-a-wish type of thing. That does not need to be in the top 10. Yeah. I am sorry. Wait. You got to wait for that kind of stuff. This is the fifth pick of your draft. And they didn't give him a card either, either as a specs texture. Like, wait, he didn't out, have a like, card? He didn't have a card. Like, you know, couldn't you have spelled it out phonetically? He didn't have a card. He says, David, he freezes, he turns back to his team. Which, which David again? What's this guy's last name? Like, very, very awkward. All right, come on, hockey. And let's, there's also. Let's go. Chad, if you, look at the, if you look at the video, there's like 50 people on the stage alongside him. At least with the NFL draft, like you have, you have Goodell, NBA, you have Silver. That's it. The player gets drafted. You only have two guys yeah. on the stage. We got, we got Why us. do you have the entire Montreal Canadiens <laughs> locker room on the stage for this fifth pick if your dude can't remember the pick? We got to streamline this thing. That is bad. That also, is maybe Carey good. Price should retire if he can't remember someone's last name. Maybe that's, that's a sign that, all right, it's time to hang fair. it up. How do you not put a card in that guy's hand? There's just layer upon layer. Upon, I don't even want to know who made the eighth pick. The guy that drives the <laughs> Zamboni for that team? 
You're already doing like charity picks at five. <laughs> hey, look, it's one of our greatest players. So, so what? Make the pick. Get, come on, Batman. Get your office figured out. What are you doing? Oh man. And if it is at all that he can't deal with the booze, that is pathetic. That that I don't know. I don't watch the NHL draft. So Tom McKay, please, please let us on the specs text line if you if you understand it. But yeah, it's it's kind of odd that by the fifth pick. Well, even the first pick that the guy who runs your league isn't out there. Exactly. The very first pick was made by that team's general manager. Huh? What? 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 I, how often do you see a GM out there for the NFL NBA draft? Never. I can't, exactly. I can't ever remember it. Exactly. There should ne- The only time a former player could say, with the so-and-so pick in the draft, we take. If you want to do that, you know, if a... If an Emmett Smith or a legendary Dolphin or somebody wants to walk out there and say we, that's fine. The very first pick of the draft should not contain the word we. That shouldn't happen. Here's somebody from the Blackhawks to tell you who they pick. No, that's not how it should work. I think that shows you the difference in how Roger Goodell views the, his draft versus how Batman views the draft. Roger Goodell, he likes the booze. He likes going on stage. Yes. He likes hearing it. He likes being the villain. I'm guessing Gary Bettman doesn't. Because he knows it's part of the show. Yeah. He knows the pro wrestling aspect of that, and Bettman doesn't. <laughs> Bettman is a guy, Bettman is a heel that wants to be a babyface, and the crowd won't let him. Goodell is a, is a heel that likes being a heel. He's like, he's like one of the best, that's, the, that's what's best about heels. They love it. They soak it up. They want the booze. The, all they care is about reaction. That's what they learned in that business pretty quick. All we, the one thing we don't want is murmur. We, mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. want silence. I want cheers or I want booze. Either are great. But that's what Bettman doesn't understand. When Bettman hears those boos, he you see it on his face. He gets like, he wants to shut down because he's like a lot of us out. That's what most people are. You want to be liked uh-huh. and you yep. don't want to be hated. He can't stand being hated. I think Joe number two of the text of the day, Chad. Ryan Samsonite. Wait. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> that's great stuff. Joe number two. Uh, that's a good call. Good job. Nice text. I'll send you a hat or something for that. Text of the day. Specs text line 337-3776. Coming up, your 2 o'clock hour begins with a discussion with Patrick Davis. We'll talk some Spurs and Wimbenyama and some other stuff with Patrick. June 29th, Why Today Matters comes up at 2 30. How about this for a crazy piece of trivia? There's something that only three NBA guys have ever done, and one of them has a birthday today. We'll tell you who he is on the horn.